Strange Shoemate the Third here, and welcome back to another episode of Strange Places. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor and DistroKid. I want to go to a strange place that's a, you, you might have to travel a bit depending on where you are, but for me, I'm not going to have to travel far. I'm going to a strange place this week that is quite near my home, land between the lakes, Kentucky. I live a hop, skip, and a jump away. I live in uh, Paducah, Kentucky. So, uh, but you're, you're going to want to come with me. You're going to like this one. Land Between the Lakes, LBL, what we call it around here, is a weird place. There's a lot going on out there. And I think there are many reasons for the stories. Just a little bit of, um, a little bit of background. And based on the title, you see that I'm going to only talk about one aspect of LBL, which means we might go back to it some other time and look at the other things. Today's episode is about the legendary beast of LBL. But that's not the only thing that's apparently happening out there. Everything from UFO sightings, ghost sightings, time slips, missing time, and seeing ghosts of Native Americans from just your average everyday warrior to seeing full headdress chiefs walking around, strange smells, dislocated voices, all of it is at LBL. But why is this such a, a place that, that has such a high amount of activity to it? What happened? It's a pretty active place. Been there many times. I did see one strange thing once, actually, and I'll, I'll get to that at the end. I have a story. Uh, it's not what you think. <laughs> it's, uh, I would say, man-made strange. Still strange, nonetheless. Never saw anything weird out there. But one of the legends about LBL is if you have any kind of Native American heritage, which I do. Now, I'm not one of those guys that says, oh, I have Native American in me. Nope, I got papers and shit. I actually do have Native American heritage. Well, I heard that if you have Native American heritage, oh, I forgot about the skinwalkers too, that's a thing, at uh, LBL, that the whatever's out there will leave you alone. And I've heard stories from buddies of mine that live in this area. One in particular, I'm not going to mention any names, just out of privacy, but one person in particular who I find quite trustworthy said that they went out to LBL camping one time, which I went camping out there twice. This person said, I went out there camping one time, and this is a good individual, trustworthy, solid. Said, uh, my buddy of mine, who also has Native American heritage, was with me. We were just keeping to the trail, camping, wandering off a little bit, just taking pictures, doing what camping people do when they're walking a nature trail, you know. I see a full headdress chief out by one of the Native American graveyards, and they are everywhere. There are a lot of cemeteries. Me, myself, I don't know how many there are, honestly. But the last time I went out, I was like, you know what? Sticking to just this area, I want to see how many cemeteries there are, including Native American and, you know, just normal cemeteries. I counted 12. So I know there's more. Most of them are Native American burial grounds. So what kicked that off? You know, what caused the disturbance? Well, John F. Kennedy, when it was decided that this place be some kind of a, like a nature reserve, right? It was, re it was um, said that some damming would be built to provide people in the extremely rural area with electricity. A lot of people still didn't have it. 
And uh, a lot of people balked at this idea because in order for Kennedy to do this, and not Kennedy personally, he didn't go out there with a shovel and start digging, but you know he, he approved this plan. This happened in the 1960s to go out to LBL and create a dam, which is the dam that's there now. Kentucky Lake, Barkley Lake was born out of it. Some 800 families had to be relocated. Which means there are towns, entire towns, in this area that are underwater. Not joking. <laughs> uh, what is that town? I always forget the name of it, and it's not in my notes. Probably should have written it down. Uh, where is it? Yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham, Kentucky, kids, is underwater. And there are some weird stories about Birmingham, Kentucky, too. I'm looking at pictures of it right now. It's really spooky, actually. <laughs> but yeah, everybody here knows here knows the story about the towns that are underwater. Birmingham is not the only one. But here's a problem. When Kentucky Lake, Lake Barkley was built and the dam was constructed, providing electricity, all the houses were moved, you know, all the family well, families were moved. Not a lot of houses in some cases. If you go out to LBL, off the beaten path, you'll see some houses dilapidated and destroyed, but they're still there. Foundations are still there. Cemeteries were never moved. Native American burial grounds were never moved. So that means all of this construction, the bison range, the dam, the this and that, was done. And I'm not, you know, I'm not getting political here. We don't do that on the show. I'm just stating what happened. This was something that Kennedy was aware of, something that he signed the papers on. Right? You know, he could have said no at any time. And I know a lot of people's favorite president is Kennedy. I'm not going to get into political stuff. All I'm saying is that he was aware of this. And I know you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. I know you can't run a country without doing some things that people are going to consider unpopular. So I'm just going to say that as it is. I'm not going to tell you my opinion. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Entire towns are underwater because of this. A lot of families got displaced. Were they going to dig up every cemetery in that area going all the way back to the Native Americans? It would be unfeasible, right? Now, I'm not backing what he did either, especially with my Native American heritage. I'm not condoning or I'm not, I'll keep my opinion to myself. We don't do that here. But what happened was a lot of those Native American burial grounds were disturbed. A lot of those cemeteries were disturbed. So a lot of people think that LBL is just a strange place, a very haunted, unnatural place. And it is. It's very weird. (laughs) There are areas at LBL, like way out in the sticks, that are almost primordial. It's untouched. It's a weird place. It's said to resemble, uh, uh, well, uh, we'll get in, like I said, we'll go back to it because there's so much out there. I'm sure we'll travel back. In the future. But right now, today, we're going to focus on the Beast of LBL, one of the many, many strange things people see out there. It's said to resemble a gigantic half man, half wolf. Yeah, it's not a Bigfoot. Well, there are even Sasquatch sightings out there, too. Everything, aside from a lake monster, <laughs> has been seen out at LBL. Even Bigfoot. I mean, you think of it, people have reported it. It walks on two legs, five-fingered human hands extending in vicious claws. The creature is said to stand over seven feet tall with massive crushing jaws. And, of course, to complete the package, 
glowing eyes. There's a lot of legends attached to this thing. One story begins with a Native American creature, which we all know at this point, the Skinwalker. Another legend speaks of a man who left Europe in the 1800s to settle in the Between the Rivers area, is what they called it. The man supposedly possessed, well, back then, before it was LBL, this man supposedly possessed a disease that turned him mad after nightfall. The disease was believed to be genetic and was passed from parent to child over the years. They remained in seclusion, never going to school or had the desire to socialize with others until one day when they went silent. Many believe the family had died off. An investigation in the early 1900s revealed their homestead vacant, vacant and abandoned. And this was way before Kennedy's thing. Now, a lot of people, uh, just kind of a side note here, a lot of people uh, were pretty pissed at Donald Trump's administration because he took it off the environment, you know, the Protected Environmental Act. He made it to where people can hunt out there, fish, you know, do whatever. It's not, it's still a nature reserve, I would say, but it's not protected anymore. Now, like I said, we don't get political here. I'm just telling you how it is, okay? <laughs> I'm not backing the decisions of this president or that president or condoning or, you know, bashing them. But a lot of people forget the reason Donald Trump did this was because of all the displacement and all the disrespect for the Native American dead and the U.S. citizen dead that went down while they were building this Beautiful area. And it is. It's gorgeous. And it's huge. <laughs> so, yeah. Take that as you will. That's what happened. Now, back to this. Early accounts from French explorers and traders in the region speak of their being warned of the shadowy presence of a Luguru or a Rougarou. That's not the creature Rougarou. It's not what you're thinking. What a Rougarou actually is, the original uh, saying of that. It's a Shawnee fur trader. A later legend, it claims that the monster is a spirit of a shape-changing Shawnee shaman, Rougarou, who was killed in wolf form by the inhabitants of his village for abusing his powers. His spirit is said to stalk the woods in search of eternal revenge. Accounts of this creature from the early days of American expansion into Kentucky tell of hunters disappearing in the woods Strange, unnatural howls that echo through the forest at night. At this time, bison still roamed wild in Kentucky. And hunters would sometimes encounter mutilated carcasses of these massive animals lying half-eaten in the deep grass. And yeah, it's going to go into what you think. Cattle with bizarre surgical-like cuts on them, missing organs. You dig? Huh? You know what I'm talking about. Their throats ripped open by massive claws, either that or surgically done. Even now, with the efforts to restore the bison to Kentucky, the uh, ranchers, you know, herd managers occasionally still find calves missing. There are still cattle mutilations out there. Whether it's caused by this or something else, I have no idea. Or, you know, some surgeon that goes out there camping once a week and just practices. <laughs> you know what I mean? The herd is reputedly spooked for days after this sticking together in the close formation that the animals use to protect themselves from predators. And I've gone out there and seen that before. I don't know what predator is lurking around. You know, these cattle, they probably observe things much differently than we do. But I've seen it. And it's weird. They're just constantly in predator, gonna kick, come and kick my ass formation. 
I mean, always. It's freaky. You never see them roaming, ever. Even in the closed-in areas. There have been, now, as far as modern stuff goes, there's been several reports of close encounters with the creature lately. One of the most frightening of these happened to a group of Murray State University students who were camping in LBL in 1973. A group of young men were enjoying the woods on a warm spring weekend, sitting around a fire built by their <laughs> Volkswagen microbus. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I could just see it in my mind. And uh, generally just having a free time, a fine, fun time, you know. Kids in 1973 just hanging out camping in their VW <laughs> Winnebago. It's awesome. But as the evening began drawing in, one of the students went off into the woods to answer nature's call. When he returned to the campsite, he told his friends that he'd felt something was watching him, and he heard something sniffing in the woods. His friends said that he just heard a wild hog, some other animal. The students said he never heard anything like it before, and he grew increasingly nervous as darkness gathered. That's another thing about LBL, too. A lot of people describe, especially well, obviously at night, they describe a darkness that is completely unnatural. Like an over, over-encompassing, completely velvet black dark. Even when the moon is full outside. Unnatural darkness. Now, as the night grew into one of these unnatural dark ones, the group started to hear the shuffling sound of something large moving in the fallen leaves. It seemed to be circling the campsite, moving incredibly swiftly. The boys began to become anxious, as anybody would. They shined their flashlights into the woods in the direction of the footsteps, and that's when the howling started. A wild, insane-sounding howling. Like a wolf being tortured, only much louder than any wolf could ever be. An unnatural, blood-curdling quality that almost sounded like a mix between wolf and human. Something that almost sounded like mocking laughter. It seems to come from everywhere around them, not just one spot. First one side of the circle you know, of light around the fire, and then from the other side. Soon, the terrified campers caught glimpses of a pair of glowing red eyes as they ran frantically back to the car in the dark. The terrified boys retreated to the bus, Winnebago wagon, whatever you want to call it, and wisely decided not to stick around to get a better view. I guess people were smarter in the 70s. Tearing down the road, they soon saw what they, uh, you know, they saw that they were being pursued. A massive, shadowy figure was racing behind them, barely visible in the bus's taillights. As the bus slowed to take a corner, they felt a massive jolt, and then it seemed if something was holding the Volkswagen back. Giving it everything, they broke free and tore out of the forest and did not stop until they, they were back at Murray State and telling their story. Back on campus, they found four deep gashes like claw marks, which we have photos of. That's pretty gnarly looking. Torn into the metal of the engine compartment cover at the back of the bus. Yeah, they were in the back. Another widely circulated story tells the discovery of a bloody scene inside the motorhome of a family camping in the areas. This is about mid-1980s. Police are said to have found the horribly mutilated bodies of a visiting family lying in their blood-soaked motorhome. Uh, this actually is was on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries back in the day, believe it or not. 
Police are said to have found, like I said, the mutilated bodies of a visiting family lying in their blood-soaked motorhome and the half-eaten body of the family's young daughter lodged in a tree. Yes, half-animal-eaten body of the young daughter lodged in a nearby tree. The bodies are all said to have had distinctive, massive claw marks. This incident was supposedly covered up by the authorities as to not damage the tourist industry and the then uh, economically fragile region. Evidence for and encounters with the beast of LBL continues to this day. Experienced hunters shy away from the area. They won't go there. Sportsmen who are new enough to the area, you know, new enough to scoff at the legends, often come home with tales of feeling as if they were being stalked in the woods, swearing that they will never go back, and I've seen it myself. Not going back there, man. Something's weird. Not going back there. I don't know if it's psychosomatic. I don't know if they know about the stories and if they hear something, they're like, oh, shit, I'm out of here. I don't know. But... Deep holes, like nests, are found dug in the woods all over the place, one of which I've seen. Tufts of long, coarsely textured grayish-brown fur tied into the sticks, which I've also seen with my own fucking eyes. Rangers in the park are routinely asked what the strange howling was that a camper heard during the night. The rangers either will tell you you stories about the beast, (laughs) or they won't say anything. There is a supposed photo of the Beast of LBL, which I'm not going to make the, uh, oh, whatchamacallit, I'm not going to make it the thumbnail of this episode because it's like every other cryptid or Bigfoot picture you've ever seen. It's a grainy piece of crap and you can't tell what the hell it is. Not worth examining for me. It's like all the other ones, millions of them. There's books about LBL. Like I said, it was uh, featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, the, the Beast of L- well, not the Beast of LBL, but uh, necessarily, but the family that was just mutilated, bodies in trees and shit, claw marks that authorities couldn't identify, and a potential cover-up. There's a movie, I think, a movie called The Beast of LBL <laughs> that was actually filmed out there. The Kentucky, uh, uh, the people who live here weren't too keen on it, didn't want a film crew tromping around LBL. Like it's their backyard or something. LBL's a big place. You can send two film crews out there, guaranteed, and they guaranteed they probably wouldn't even run into each other. You could shoot two separate Blair Witch projects out there, and both film crews wouldn't even bump into each other. It's a big place, boy. But the beast of LBL. Do I believe in this thing? Much like Bigfoot, gigantic half-man, half-monster. Right? <laughs> kind of like the skinwalker. I think that there's, and you know, we'll get into the different aspects of, of LBL. We'll get into the UFO sightings, the Bigfoot sightings. We'll get into all that stuff, the ghost sightings, the Native American stuff. I didn't tell you about the beating drums, did I? Yeah. Really late at night, you hear the sounds of beating drums. Legend has it that if you go follow it, you'll be taken some, to somewhere, some kind of purgatory in between life and death, where you'll be watching the headstones of the Native Americans or the bodies of the Native Americans for all eternity. They'll make you their, uh, you know, ghostly cemetery guard forever, whether you like it or not. A lot of legends out there. But this beast of LBL thing, 
<sighs> I've been out there. I've been camping out there. I've been out there numerous times. Went driving, hiking, fishing. I've been out there. Only saw one strange thing. You know what it was? <laughs> Never saw anything supernatural. Could be because I'm of Native American heritage. Could be because there's nothing out there. But, and I do have my opinions about certain things, but I got to concentrate on this beast of LBL thing. Half wolf, half man. We got to concentrate on just this. If I want to talk about other stuff, we'll do another episode sometime, you know, later about other things. So I got to kind of keep it contained here. But I'll tell you one thing. We went camping. Me and a buddy of mine went camping. Just one night, you know, I was like, hey, we're going to do it. Got a tent together and all that shit. I get up in the, uh, you know, it's like middle of the afternoon. We just got there. Middle of the afternoon, take a whiz. And I walk out a little bit, just kind of, you know, it's one of those things. Hey, man, don't go too far. You know, this place is thick, which it is. It'll be all thick, man. You get off that trail, you're going to get lost, I'm telling you. So I wander a little bit, and I find this old, like, what used to be a, a public bathroom that you would find at a park, you know. It's made out of, <laughs> uh, what am I thinking? Of, uh, what are they? Cinder blocks, you know, stacked together and then, um, you know, with the masonry and, you know, concrete floor and, you know, toilet. And it's, a, it's a public outhouse or what used to be one. It's now completely destroyed. No roof, walls falling apart, toilet gone. You could see some of the old plumbing there, you know. But I walked inside and pretty frantically on one of the walls, it looks like it was written in a hurry. It was kind of spooky. This guy had written, hiding from Bigfoot, destroyed my camp, killed my family, and it's coming after me. It's banging on the walls. Like, I'm serious. Right on the inside of the wall, this guy is saying that he was hiding in there from Bigfoot. Bigfoot killed his whole family and stuff, and he's hiding in this bathroom. And then you look up, you know, while you're reading this and be like, is that how the roof got torn off? Is this how the walls are coming down? And it's creepy. It's weird, you know, just like, okay, I'm out of here. Camping, nothing happened. The hikes, nothing happened. That was the only thing weird that happened. But everybody around here has got a story, man. All of them. And, but just concentrating on the Beast of LBL. It's been a legend here for a long time. No one, aside from crappy, grainy old photographs, no one has captured anything. I've seen the brown fur. I've seen the dug nests. But I'm no wildlife expert. And if you ask the wildlife experts, they're scratching their heads too. This is not definitive evidence of some kind of giant wolf man running around out there. I don't know what animals do. It could be anything. The wildlife experts, the people that you ask around here, especially the uh, rangers out at LBL, you ask them about the holes and all that, some of them will go right into the legend of the beast of LBL. But if you ask them, really, what do you think it is? They just kind of shrug their shoulders. No idea. You think it's a beast? Nah, I don't know. That's the general consensus. No idea. Well, I don't know. Let's look and see if we can find any other Beast of LBL photos. I don't want to say LBL because God knows what I'll find. This is the internet. Uh, beast, uh, whoops, I put beat. The beat of Land Between the Legs. <laughs> okay, so we're seeing, uh, I want some photos. Let's look up evidence, huh? Because I save the meat of the study for when I'm actually recording. I do the basics and all that. I do my homework. But the real clinchy part of it, the part that when you usually look up like at the end of your research, I do here right as we're recording just to get natural reactions. 
No one has ever captured a decent photograph of this thing. That photograph sucks. That could be anything. No one has casted any footprints. We don't even have footprints. Are you kidding me? We just have stories. There was one in particular of a person that was driving through LBL, and they see a wolf about 10 times the size it's supposed to be. Bashes in the car window with its forehead, sticks its head in, and they said this wolf's head almost didn't fit into the window it was so big. What are people seeing? Is this people who are just wanting to get attention? Is this people that are sleep-deprived, seeing something else? Did a meth lab somewhere catch on fire and they're catching a whiff? Huh? Are they getting contact? <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen what some of the growers were doing out there. You know, you walking through, see some, you know, <laughs> plants that aren't indigenous. You're like, okay, time to leave. Because <laughs> you know what's going on over there. You know, away from the prying eyes of the authorities. <laughs> but we don't have anything. We don't have anything specific. We just have legends. And legends are legends. That's what they are. They go back. They, they're made to make sure that little kids don't wander out of the house at night. You get out of your house in the middle of the night, huh? Old Big Jim at the Whaley House is going to get you. You wander around too much in the house at night. Yeah, the Beast of LBL is coming for you. The Great Bird's going to snatch you away. The Thunderbird is going to take you. You know what I'm talking about? The Wendigo is going to take you into his... Uh, little makeshift house is going to drag your body along the ground so fast that you'll become ash. The only thing left of you will be your feet. We're talking old legends, man. And the Beast of LBL is one of them. Going all the way back to the Native Americans, the skinwalkers and stuff. Now, I'm not going to ask and say, are all of these things real? We're asking, is the Beast of LBL real? Well... That's all I'm seeing are legends, man. <laughs> you know, I do think LBL is a weird place. And I do think that there are aspects of Land Between the Lakes that are... I haven't done 100% research on this yet. I can't, I can't make any definitive statements. But there are things about LBL that intrigue me in the paranormal sense that make me think, oh my God, there may be something there. Uh, maybe some, you know, something got stirred up when all these families got displaced. When they didn't move the fucking cemeteries. I know that that would have been a pain in the ass. Unfeasible even. And like I said, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. But there's a price for stuff like this. For dishonoring the dead, well, you know, whatever. Disturbing rest. Especially of the Native Americans. We have firmly established on this show that curses exist. We have firmly established and proven that. In my opinion, we have. And when you disturb the body of a Native American, when you disturb our holy grounds, that is said to bring about a curse. That is well known with my family. You don't disturb their rest. That is automatic curse, <laughs> okay? That's automatic curse, man. You don't need to find any local legend where a shaman said this in specific words and, oh, this area is cursed because blah, blah, blah. No, we made a blanket statement. <laughs> you disturb our slumber, our eternal slumber, you bring about a curse. So I do think that there are things about LBL. Beast of LBL, 
man, there's a lot of things I want to talk about with Landon Between the Lakes. Hotel California, yes, there is a place out there called Hotel California. What it is, it's like a gutted, you know, destroyed hotel-looking building that is dilapidated and run down and destroyed like all the other places in Land Between the Lakes that they just didn't bother to bulldoze or flood. And it's said to be haunted. They, the, the locals call it Hotel California. <laughs> a lot of stuff like that. But man, with the Beast of LBL, there's nothing. There's nothing other than old legends and what just... I hate to lump people in like this. I hate to make a blanket statement about people. I like to think that people are generally honest, that people are generally good. But man, we got to be realistic. People are not generally good. People are inherently sinful. People are crazy. They'll do anything to have their story known or to have their name in a book or a website or talk to the news for 15 fucking minutes. You know what I mean? People are nuts. There's a lot of people out there. Like what I said earlier on the show is I don't understand hoaxes. I don't understand it. Why would you go through all that trouble? Are you that egocentric to where... You're the only one sitting in your living room, you know, with your lemonade, kicking back, I fooled the world. You're the only one that knows. (laughs) Right? I just, I never understood that. What kind of ego do you got to have to be the only person in the world that knows you pulled off something and everybody in the world is scratching their heads? That's weird to me. I don't make any effort to do anything (laughs) unless I get some damn credit for it. Sorry, man. Sorry, hoaxers. Of all kinds out there, but my time is worth something. So I don't understand that. Never understood it. And I think people are just, some people are just fucking crazy and they want to be part of the legend, you know? They want to be a part of that mythos. Either because their lives are completely uneventful, they haven't done shit with their lives. Or like I said, they're just fucking nuts and they want to be, you know, a part of that. I don't understand that mentality. Don't understand it at all. Like I said, my time is worth something. I don't see anything other than a few grainy photographs, some old legends. Are there things at LBL that are legit? We'll come back. We'll come back and discuss it, okay? I I promise you that. Hotel California is an awesome one to talk about. Hotel California of Landing Between the Lakes, the Native American burial grounds. Whole towns underwater. Haunted places, lights in the sky. Huh? But I think this one about LBL is just... There's nothing there. I hate to say this, but this might be one we have to debunk, man, because there's nothing, (laughs) right? I don't want to debunk it. Well, let's look at this logically, because this is what we do on the show. We use our common sense, something that is never used in paranormal study anymore, right? So let's use our common sense here. What do we need to debunk something? In order to debunk it, we need cold, hard proof, proof that it doesn't exist, right? In order to prove something, we need cold, hard evidence, proof, tangible, that it does exist. We don't have either one of those, do we? (laughs) We don't. Think about that. If we were to debunk something and say, oh, this is fake, we need evidence, tangible, real things that prove 
Nope, LB, look, Beast of LBL is bullshit, or we you know whatever we're talking about is bullshit. We still need <laughs> real, tangible things to disprove something just as much as to prove it, right? We don't have anything, nothing, with the Beast of LBL. So this one, we're going to say, requires further study. So what do you guys think? Beast of LBL. Did I leave out some critical piece of information that would have blown this whole thing apart? Is it truly a wolfman? Or is it some kind of mutated marmot? Are people just crazy? Is someone setting fire to weed fields at night? <laughs> I don't want to treat people like that or assume, you know, things like that. But did I leave something out? Is there a crucial piece of evidence that would have blown this whole thing open? Let me know, and I will do a part two. We'll examine it. But as far as my own personal homework, my own study, we have nothing, one way or the other. So this thing, I'll say, requires further examination, requires further study. So anyway, guys, thanks for listening. This this one went by. This one went. Little, I can't talk. This one went by fast. This one scooted by, man. See, time flies when you're having fun. So go on Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com for all things Strange Places related. All the social media links are there, as well as a link to get to our Patreon account, where you can get everything from giveaways, bonus episodes, uh, giveaways, bonus episodes, giveaways, bonus episodes, bonus episodes, and giveaways. Oh, and bonus episodes at certain tiers. I couldn't think of anything else. A little less a dollar a month. Well, I do a lot more than that, trust me. Radio ads for your business or charity, free art. I mean, we, drawings, we do all kinds of shit. Now my brain's working. So check it out. Little as a dollar a month, you'd be helping the show out big time. Shout out to the people who do the Conkle Homestead YouTube. Wow, my brain is gone. The Conkle Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. Thank you guys so much for this, uh, for your patronage. The show wouldn't even be around if it wasn't for you. Seriously, the show would not be here. So I'm very appreciative. Thank you very, very much. And, uh, yeah, that is all we got. If you're one of those guys that has to go directly to the horse's mouth, patreon.com slash asylum817. Patreon.com slash asylum817. Go check it out. So, anyway, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Strange Places. It was a pleasure to have you. And maybe uh, we'll travel to a place a little bit closer to you next time and not expect all of you to come to me. Are we ever going to run out of strange places? No, I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place... And maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? 
I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support Strange Places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men and their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience. <laughs>